The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday morning with us here on WFMD, also on HD2 of 99.9 FM. This is the Faith Debate. You can find us also on the website, WFMD.com. You can stream us there. You can find the podcast later on. And uh, we've uh, gotten in the habit now of when we record these shows uh, on weeknights, uh, we actually do that live. Battery's still going. So uh, you, uh, we do these on live on Facebook so you can uh, get a sneak peek at what's going to air on the radio later on. I'm Troy Skinner. I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. I have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. And I'm joined, as always now, by three other pastors in Frederick County, also house church pastors, uh, Daniel and Imran Rasby, uh, pastoring the church that meets at Imran's house, David Forsey, who pastors uh, a church that meets at his house, and um, the Rasbys also have a ministry organization called Conquered by Love Ministries. It's conqueredbylove.org. So uh, it, it, we were playfully mentioning it the, uh, before we actually started uh, rolling for this week's show that um, some people have noticed that in recent weeks that there's a little disclaimer that airs before the show about uh, you know the, the views and opinions expressed on the on the following program do not necessarily reflect uh, you know those of the staff or management of you know WFMD and all i can say is truth in advertising right i mean we do not necessarily represent their right. views their views do not necessarily represent ours we don't even represent the views of many of the churches here yeah, absolutely. We don't even agree with each other on some of these things. Yeah, I mean, we're we're doing our darndest to represent the the views of God, right, yes. from the pages of Scripture, and have that inform our, our entire worldview about all things that happen in the world, because God is sovereign over everything. Right? He's the God of everything. He's the God of politics. He's the God of education. He's the God of science. He's the God of radio stations. He's the God of everything. And but we, he's not your vending machine God, meaning you don't get to just ask him for things and and get what you want. Oh. Well, then what are we doing? Nice. <laughs> Why are we here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, we've been talking about niceness and all that sort of stuff and uh, the last few weeks, and we can still talk about that a little bit now if you want, but I thought we would transition to something a little bit different. I, I sent you guys a text earlier about privacy stuff. I don't know if uh, you've had a chance to think about that, but we live in a world now where um, I mean, right now, what we're talking about is not private, <laughs> right? It's being broadcast on a radio station, a blowtorch AM radio station, plus a blowtorch uh, FM station at the H2, HD2 part of 99.9. Plus, of course, the Internet's taking it everywhere. So we have a potential audience of probably like you know, 5 billion people right now. So we're not expecting any privacy. But there are other times when you expect that you would have a level of privacy, and you really don't. I mean, you got one of these fancy devices. In fact, every single person in the room has one of those fancy devices. And what I understand is those fancy devices, those smart technology devices, uh, they have microphones and things. And they're constantly recording. They're constantly eavesdropping and recording what you're saying. And have you had the experience, you're talking to your wife or friend or something about something like, boy, it sure would be fun to take a vacation to Acapulco someday. And then you check your uh, social media account about a half hour later and you're seeing a bunch of ads for Acapulco. You've had that happen? Yes, multiple times. That's crazy. And then people, they're Isn't invited. Isn't great, though, Troy? They, they, the advertisers know what you want, and so they're giving you exactly That's what you want. That's how my daughter feels. She feels, oh, it's a great thing. No, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. This is bad. It can't be good. This cannot be good. Um, and then people are 
I mean, some people will try to block it and figure out how to put their phone in a different part of the house or something so they can't be eavesdropped. Other people are paying good money for a device like Echo or Alexa, something like that, to bring it into their house so that it can spy on them. So they can just, and it learns their voice and they can just instantly, Alexa, do this, Echo, do that, whatever. Uh, by the way, poor person who's ever named Alexa. Same thing for anybody named Karen these days. I feel so sorry for somebody named Karen or Alexa. Uh, I wonder what names 40 years from now, you know. Yeah, like anybody named Imran's going to be hating life in 50 years because it'll mean something totally different than somebody's name. Well, a few years ago, my name was uh, very close to Enron, so I had... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, and... Some of it can be used, you would think, for good stuff. So you've got to be careful where we navigate. Like, I understand that uh, the Apple products, like their iPhones and stuff, uh, can scan for inappropriate um, images of children to, get, to, to clamp down on child pornography and that sort of stuff. And that's all they're ever going to scan for. Supposedly. Yeah. So, but I mean, that would be a good use of that sort of technology. But can you trust that level of invasiveness? I disagree. Right? I don't. I don't think it's a good use of the technology. Oh, I don't. I don't think. It's well, I haven't thought it through. Something you could persuade me. Why? Why? What's the? What's the downside? The downside is you're looking into somebody's privacy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if if somebody is trying to hide that they that they're taking dirty pictures of little girls, then I don't want that private. I want that exposed. I want them punished. I want them stopped, right? Yes. It's That's what wrong. I meant by it was a good thing, but I'm well, saying it's, it's a dangerous it's thing. It's not a good thing to just go snoop and spy on people, regardless of whether they're committing crimes. Yeah, so you're saying they have no just cause to be snooping and spying. Right. There's no reason to suspect anything, and they're just on a lark checking everybody's right. devices. Yeah, right. that's... Because now you're, now you're accusing everybody, and you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Because by scanning everybody's phone, you're assuming that the people you're scanning have these bad images and then you're you're making an accusation that they are a criminal until you're proven wrong by oh actually the pictures are okay so never mind then now that's like the police going door to door and searching every home in america for drugs let's say or guns or guns or whatever it, any, anything they, they, they say is illegal just going door to door and search every house just because and, oh, yeah, you're right, Troy, we didn't find anything today, so you're okay. Or like that Roman Catholic Church, you hear about this in the news not too long ago, where uh, the, the authorities uh, uh, invaded the, the sanctuary uh, in the middle of what uh, the Roman Catholics call their mass, their worship service, and basically stopped things down so that they could uh, check everybody's, uh, to see if they had their Vax Pass card with them. Hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so that's... Uh, a lot of people don't realize that's one thing we have in our justice system in America that's so different from everywhere else. We are innocent until proven guilty. And a lot of these big tech companies are basically becoming agents of the government now to enforce those laws by but saying— devil's advocate, though, God knows everything. There's nothing secret sure, from him. God knows everything, but man doesn't know everything, and it's not for us to go and, and stoop around and, and spy on each because other. Because the government's not God? Because the government is not God. That's, that's news to some people. And the tech companies are not God. <laughs> right now, your Facebook and uh, YouTube, they believe they're God. They can decide who, and Spotify, they can decide who uh, is in favor and who's not. And if you say something against them, they can just deplatform you and get rid of you and silence you completely. And so they're doing the job of a fascist. They're controlling what information is out there, what they deem is truthful or reasonable for people to digest. 
Yeah, and the problem with that is there's not an, uh, uh, a proper application of law because no. we don't really have an objective standards. Yeah, we don't have objective changing. standards in the law anymore. They're they're treated as though they're publishers, but they have the protections of a platform. That's the problem. You know, the way that the law is supposed to work is the four of us do not have the right to insist that the Washington Post publish something we send them. They're publishers. They can make editorial decisions about what's in their paper and what's not. And because they're the ones who ultimately make the choice of what's in and what's not in, they could face libel charges, slander charges, right? They could be taken to court. A platform is... Uh, is given protection from any sort of slander or libelous lawsuit because they're, we're just a platform. We don't make editorial decisions. Anybody can put on our platform whatever they want. You're going to sue somebody, sue them. It's not us. And yet they're making editorial decisions, so they're trying to have it both ways. That's the problem. If we would solve that problem, we wouldn't have the issue with big tech, uh, that particular issue with big tech. Yeah, but the, the papers and magazines are also now refusing some advertisements. Okay, they're saying no, no. Even though it's not anything illegal or unethical, they're saying, oh, we don't agree with this political view, so we're not going to let you advertise. We're not going to let you spend the money. We're not going to uh, be able to even let you have a paid advertisement where it is not something illegal. And that was never allowed to before. Uh, you know that you had equal protection un under the law that if you wanted to advertise something, so long as you're paying the, the same fee as somebody else's, you were allowed to, so long as it's not advertising something that is uh, actually illegal. And they did that to a president of this United States. You know, president Trump was prohibited from speaking, prohibited from advertising in certain magazines and papers and things because they didn't agree with the president. Not too long ago, I watched a documentary that's probably been out for a few years now. I typically don't watch things when they first come out. <laughs> One of the exceptions would be Enemies Within the Church. I happened to see that uh, very quickly when it first came out. But most of the time, movies, We just my wife and I just watched a movie... Uh, I think it uh, to us it was a new movie and it came out like in 2007. <laughs> so I'm not really. But this wasn't that old. It was a documentary. Oh my gosh, what was it called? Citizen Four. You familiar with that? It's about uh, it's about Ed Snowden, Edward Snowden. Okay. You familiar with the Ed Snowden yeah. case? And he's like the the whistleblower, like reveals a bunch of governmental kind of secrets and stuff. And um. I wasn't really sure what to make of an Ed Snowden type until watching the documentary, which tells you that maybe I should learn more because I might have fallen prey too much to the agenda of the documentary filmmaker. But um, it's easy to make the argument. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's potentially putting government important government secrets uh, out there that could be a risk to national security, to government agents or something. Who knows? It could uh, negatively affect foreign policy. It could lead to, you know, World War III, although technically I think we had World War III. It was the Cold War, but a, a, a hot third world, uh, World War III. Um, and yet he seemed in the documentary like his motives were pretty good. I don't think he agrees with us on worldview. I don't think he's a Christian. I don't think he would count himself as a conservative, actually. I think he's probably a pretty liberal guy, pro progressive, you know, pagan ideology guy. And yet, he's more of the uh, the purer form, the old school liberalism from, you know, the 70s and 80s or something, where live and let live, do your own thing, and everybody try to live a good little kumbaya life kind of thing, that kind of liberal. I think that's where he was, and he was trying to protect and his, his instincts now that we know what we know with all the 
stuff that's happened in the last couple of years, it seems like his instincts were right. And he was exposed. This is what makes me think of this. He, a big part of what he was doing was exposing how the NSA is spying on everybody about everything all the time, and they're documenting it, and they're they're keeping this stuff uh, on file, and they could use it against you at any moment kind of thing, and he felt like that was wrong. And it feels like that's wrong to me, too. So what do we say to those who, because I've had hints of these discussions before, nothing quite as deep as we're having now, maybe. Well, what do you have to hide? You shouldn't have to worry about it if you have nothing to hide. So why do we have illegal search and seizure in the Constitution? Because it was a problem, because then the government can become onerous and, and decide to go ahead and make somebody an example and do whatever they want. I mean, they can make your life absolutely miserable just because they disagree with you. That becomes the same situation as political prisoners. You know, you just start disappearing because you disagree with the government. And it invites abuse of authority when the authority is allowed to do whatever they want. And that's why there's limits. And even in the, in the Bible, there's limits on what you can do, right? When you uh, take, take the example of adultery, you stone and kill the person that is found to be an adulterer right? But there's rules. You have to have not one witness, but two eyewitnesses to the actual act. And then they have a trial, and the witnesses agree that if they're found wrong, then you stone them. And then you've, you know, so there's a whole, whole legal standard in Scripture for you must have evidence to build a case, have a fair trial, and then have the punishment. But the problem is when you have all these uh, searches without a uh, just cause, then you are in effect committing the trial and sentencing and execution, you know, even before any anything is done with due process. <clears throat> and it doesn't mean that you're actually literally getting executed, but in some cases you can't. I mean, I run a business. If tomorrow Google decided that they don't want me to run my business, nobody will find me on Google. Uh, uh, my YouTube channel won't exist. They can't find me on Google search. My uh, cell phone company could decide not to renew my cell phone contract, and my bank could decide they don't. They don't. I mean, it doesn't take very many companies to say, "Hey, you know what? Daniel Rasby doesn't exist anymore, and then nobody can find me, and I can't run the business, and then I, I don't have any income." And there's been many people that that's been done too. They have been canceled. We talked about <clears throat> cancel culture for a lot, uh, but you don't have any due process. But if you don't have to have any. Yeah, rules or regulations around why somebody is canceled. You know, it's 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 really bad when the government does it. And and the argument we're making kind of now is that the social media companies are becoming like the government as well, and they they should be subject to the same uh, standards. But well, it's, certainly it's, that's where I, the why we have due process. Yeah, they're they're trying to um, put themselves in the place of God to uh, to to order people's lives in the way that they think is is right um and i think i think there's there's a lot of that on on an individual level too um right sort of uh i i like if, if there's like micro cancel culture where you know someone says well I, I, I can't be friends with you anymore, right? Like, I, I'm going to cast you into outer darkness, you know, my outer darkness, where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth for you because, uh, you know, 
I'm I'm casting judgment on you. Um, so I, I I think maybe maybe the issue also is like uh, in a place that is godless, you know, or if you think there is no God, there's that there's that tendency of people uh, institutions to try and fill that void because they're not entrusting God with his with his rightful realm, with his rightful place. Yeah, if we don't have God and him setting the standard and and being the one to whom we appeal for understanding how things should be, everything becomes purely subjective. Yeah. And that's why it feels everybody's so off balance right now because things can change on a whim because it's subjective and I can change my mind. And the, you, you asked a question, which is not your question, but it's what a lot of people say. You know, what, what do you have to hide? I don't think you were quoting yourself. You're quoting other people who say that about, you know, unreasonable searches. And I think the answer to that question is really going to depend on whether you have whether you have any sense of honor and shame. And in America, we have very little honor and shame. We have much more of the guilt and innocence. We've talked about this very briefly on the show, but they're very different paradigms. They're all biblical. You have honor and shame, you have fear and power, you have guilt and innocence, and they're all uh, actually equal. Uh, and they're, they're, we, can go, we, have, we can have several shows on that, several, you know, several weeks so we can talk about that. But in this, in this context, the whole idea of you have your privacy, and if you're being searched, now you're being put in a position of shame that you don't deserve. You still are honorable and you're an upstanding citizen and all of that, but if you're now being searched by the government, the government is shaming you for no reason. And sure, if there are things that are found out, now you should be shamed in the society. But if you're going and searching for things to find out, now, now you're removing people from positions of honor. And it's not about whether you're guilty and innocent. It's not about whether you have anything to hide. That's, that's where that question comes from. Well, do you have anything to hide? Are you guilty? Well, no, that's not the point. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty. And that comes from an idea of honor and shame. You give honor to people, give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, that's our system. But I, I think is is it somewhere maybe it's the French system or somewhere else where it's the reverse, right? Oh, yeah. Where it's you're guilty Most until proven innocent. Are, are guilty until and so, innocent. you know, in our context, you know, which system is the more godly, more scriptural? I mean, I would argue. I think uh, I haven't thought about it in these terms before, but it's probably the innocent until proven guilty. But what would be a a, a you know biblical reason for choosing that over the guilty until proven innocent well one of the things is we're all guilty and deserving of death if we start with that premise then it doesn't really matter you're going to be guilty no matter what right you something yeah so if you search deep enough you're going to find that's something. true and that's and true. somebody will find something that they disagree with you and they they can outlaw that and now you're guilty and now you're going to be put away when there was nothing there i mean there when they've gone after political appointees or what stuff they supposedly did in college or in high school or right. whatever, because and there has no no bearing on on, on today. Yeah. So okay. From a biblical perspective, I, I I would go back to that same example. I know I like to use that example of adultery, but it's it's just because there's there's very clear um, instructions for what to do. You assume that they're innocent, and why do you assume they're innocent? Because you have to have all this evidence and proof, you know. Otherwise, somebody could just make an accusation, and then you do it. 
No, you know, it, it, the uh, whole heinous uh, crime of, uh, of what uh, Jezebel did with um, Naboth's vineyard, uh, she came and she created a whole bunch of fabricated evidence and said, we're going to get all these upstanding citizens to go make these accusations together, so it's going to look like there's all these evidence, you know, and, and so now we have a reason to, to do something to him. And it, it, it's, if you look at Jesus' example, you know, what did Jesus do with the woman taking adultery? He could have killed her for, for adultery because he's God. He can, he can mete out that judgment. He knows whether she's guilty or innocent, but he still, while on earth, he followed the judicial system that he had set in place, which is you're innocent until proven guilty. He said, where are your accusers? Oh, nobody's accusing me anymore. Well, then I don't either. <laughs> I wasn't there. Obviously, God was there. He saw. But, but he's speaking as, as a, a man there in that passage. I'm but, not assuming that you're guilty. But he did say to her, go and sin no more. So he didn't say? He did. He did. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was heard. I thought you said he didn't say that. No, yeah, he, he did. He did say that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, neither do I accuse you, but go and sin no more. Right, right, right. So not, right. he's not accusing you, but he's saying that you did sin. Don't sin anymore. So I think that's that would be the, uh, one example, and there's many others, but one example of the biblical basis for yeah, and this innocent could, until proven guilty. And, and speaking about the uh, like the uh, the adultery or the, the the rape kind of stuff or whatever that you talked about, and you emphasized eyewitness, it might be a totally separate show. I'd, I'd probably want to dive in and look specifically at the text and, and grapple with it, but I'm not sure. It does talk about having uh, multiple witnesses, but yeah. I'm not sure that the text requires the spirit of the law and what we're told requires eyewitness. And I say that because, as an example, um, in John's third epistle, he's he's vouching for somebody's uh, upstandmanship, saying this is a really good guy here, uh, and to prove that what I'm saying is true. I mean, I'm paraphrasing rather loosely here, but the gist of it is, to prove what I'm saying true, here are three witnesses. There's, there's me, there are all the people that know him, <laughs> so those are two of them. Those are two pretty good witnesses right there, right? <laughs> if the Apostle John and everyone who knows you vouch for you, that might be enough. But then the third thing is just the brute facts themselves, like the, 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 the facts testify. And so the, t- the, the facts are a witness. So I feel like like in our context where we have all this um, different kinds of forensic evidence and stuff, I think that right. that can biblically count, in a biblical it, category, it, can it count as a witness. There's, there's an argument for that. The point I'm really making is that you have to build the case. Right, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, just, it's just, it's, I wasn't even going to say anything, but then when you swung back and kind of brought it up against, well, I'll mention it. We've got uh, just a, a minute or so left in the show, so we'll begin to, to draw it to a close. I think that uh, to tease we're going to, talk about coming up in future shows. I'm not sure exactly what angle we're going to take, but um, the question of whether or not somebody who is an actual believer in Jesus Christ can be possessed or in some way invaded and controlled by an evil spirit is something that uh, I think we'll talk about maybe our next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, I think I also want to transition. How many books do you have now, uh, Imran? 45. 45 books. Lots of fodder for conversation. Each book is like its own little standalone topic, if you will. A lot of them could cluster together. But I'm thinking we might grab a handful of books that are similarly themed and talk about those issues that have to do with raising a family, uh, you know, rearing your children, having a good uh, relationship with your spouse, you know, uh, having good spiritual disciplines in the home. Those, those are the kinds of things I'm going off my memory of what I remember some of your books touching on. But we maybe can do a series of shows on that as well. And I mentioned this, all of this with upcoming shows, because if you're watching on Facebook or you're listening on the radio, 
and you've got an idea about a show, a question you'd like to hear us tackle, you know, reach out to me, give me a buzz, uh, shoot me a text. My cell phone number is on my website. You can, or you can email me. My email address is on the website. And I'd be glad to try to figure out how to work it into what we do here on The Faith Debate. That website, by the way, for connecting with me is householdoffaithinchrist.com. Um, of course, you can try to connect through the radio station's website, too, but it's a little harder to connect with me directly through the radio station's website, which is wfmd.com. So it might be easier just to go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. And if you're listening and you are afraid to come to one of these churches because of your past or your history, don't be. We are all sinners. And reach out to us and talk to us and find out what God's purpose for your life is. Don't be afraid of, of reaching out because of what you've done in the past. We want you to come out and learn who God is and how important he is to you and what he's done for you. That's the voice of Imran Razvi, uh, Daniel Razvi also on the show. Thank you, gentlemen. David Forsey, I'm Troy Skinner, and um, I never started the music, so we're going to go out without any music. Sorry about that. We're going out cold. You just got to listen to me. I could try singing to you, but I'll spare you. So the Faith Debate will be back next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. Till then, God bless.